Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another episode of The Buster Show. Today, we have a legend in the game of photography and in the game of basketball. My friend, Nathaniel Butler, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I think a great place to start off, and I always love hearing people's uh, beginning stories. So how did you go from, I assume you were just, you loved photography to doing what you do? You know what? It's a, a great question. I, I grew up, I loved basketball. Uh, as a kid, like we all have our stories. Uh, then I, I went to St. John's in uh, early 80s. Uh, was nowhere near good enough uh, to play on those teams by far, you know. Uh, was interested in photography and just sort of merged the two. I was friends with guys on the team, started shooting practices, started doing the games, worked for the school newspaper, that kind of thing. Um, and in those days, like, the, was the start of the Big East. St. John's was selling out the garden, St. John's Georgetown, St. John's Syracuse, uh, and just started shooting then. Um, went from there to, like, an apprentice at Sports Illustrated, which was crazy uh, learning experience um, because for my generation, like sports illustrated were the gods of photography. Everyone aspired to be one of those shooters. Uh, So to have the opportunity to work with those guys and learn from them was, was truly amazing. Um, And then just things started rolling. How from back then it's, I can only imagine, but how much has the photography game changed because of things like social media and print not be really being a thing? Yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's crazy. Like literally from shooting a game, whether I was home in my apartment uh, or, or on the road, shooting a game, going into the bathroom, developing black and white film, looking at it, hanging it in the shower oh to God. dry. That's what we did. Uh, to now, obviously I work with N- NBA. Well, NBA is, is very progressive with social media. Um, when I'm in a game, hit, hit the button on the camera. And you know how people say, oh, they go to Secaucus for the review for replays. Well, we have a whole staff of editors in Secaucus. I hit the button on the camera. All of the games go in through Secaucus. Uh, through NBA Entertainment Photo Group, and they'll push something out on Instagram, you know, 10 seconds later uh, to 40 million people, you know, getting developed, waiting to see if you get the shot, everything is boom, boom, boom. Um, And it's, it's changed drastically. Yeah, that's, it's really amazing that the NBA is, is ahead of the game on that front. Do you have a favorite memory favorite photo that you've ever taken is there one like that you have framed in your house and you're like that's the one you know what um good i have a favorite for a while you know and then i always want something more yeah you know uh like very early on my favorite like classic shot was the magic 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 junior junior sky hook was 1987 uh, could have been b- before you were born. Uh, I was born in 2000, so yes. Yeah. Uh, 1987, <laughs> game four of the finals. There's clocks running out. Magic hits his junior, junior skyhook. 
runs right off the court and win, wins the game, you know. Um, that was like a great moment. But then you want something more. Over the years, I've been doing this a long time. You go from that to some Jordans. I grew up a Knicks fan. A lot of, you know, the Patrick Ewing up on the table at the Garden. Uh, now it's like LeBron, KD, Kyrie's, Kyrie's, you know, game seven game winner. So you're always trying to, you're always trying for the next great shot. How do you think about, like, when you're on the court, I imagine it's very similar to being, like, an NBA referee in the sense of you all, like, there's a, there's a certain spot that you have to be in, and you got to race there. Right. How do you, how do you, do you have, like, a playbook? What, how does it work? You know what, it's the, 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 where we, it's not like football where you can actually run up and down the sideline during a game. Yeah. NBA, you are stationary, which is both good and bad, you know. Um, but you're sitting there, it's very tight. There's, you know, the players and refs in front of you. There's people behind you that pay a lot of money for those seats behind you. Uh, mm -hmm. You're trying to make yourself as small as possible and just sort of bob and weave around the players, around the action, around the refs. Um, but NBA, as, as you know, are the craziest athletes, you know? They don't have a football helmet on, they don't have a hockey face shield, they have crazy, they're, they're athletic freaks. So it does lend itself to beautiful photography in that regard, you know, because you're right, you're right there, you know? Um, and it's just, it's just been a fun, a fun ride for me. That's awesome. Watching MJ's documentary. I'm rewatching it for the second time now. Right. Because um, I think it just came onto Netflix. In yep, the States, yep. but, um, did you like watching that? Were you taken right back to kind of those days or? Yeah, hundred, hundred percent. Um, it was very cool for me to watch it because I have two 20 something uh, boys. So it was cool for me personally to relive those moments with them and you know, similar to, to the athletes themselves, when you're in the moment, like it's all about the work, you know, you don't, you don't get a do over if you miss a shot or something happens. So it's very intense. You're very focused. And then it is fun to take a step back and then look at it, you know, years later. Um, it brought back a crazy flood of memories, you know, uh, and again, experiencing that with my kids was awesome. Dad, you're not kidding. Like, he was a badass. He was pretty good, you right, know, because right. now they're a different generation. They're like LeBron fans. They're Kobe fans. Like, it is a different, uh, a different generation, you know. Uh, but that was just so much fun uh, to watch and be a part of, for sure. So you're somebody who's very interestingly qualified to answer my next question. You were there to watch all these different generations of basketball players. Are you in the camp of let's not compare generation to generation because they're so different from each other? Or is it just basketball is basketball? You know what? A little of both. Like, I think a, 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 these guys are so transcendent with their abilities mm -hmm. that if you're that good, you LeBron would be a beast in any era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like MJ would, other people would, like if you're that good, you transcend your area, your era, totally. you know? Um, 
changed and things obviously NBA in particular is less physical, blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's also different things, you know, MJ was a pretty private guy in the area, in the era of social media. Now, would he be doing better or would he like tune things out and not be as into it? You know, um, I love the mental aspect of things and you real like you realize the guys that go from here to here are the ones that are so tough mentally in my opinion you know uh and and that's what separates them from the rest of the pack um but i do think and without being an old head i think in any business you need to have respect for the people that came before you Mm-hmm. You know, there was a Twitter thing the other day, like who was better, Larry Bird or D Wade? Love D Wade. Bird was Bird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kareem gets slept on a lot for how good he was. You know, you have to have respect for all of the people that came before you. Totally. And I, I think it's, you know, just like where all this noise is coming from is social media, right? And social media is predominantly younger, especially the people right. that are talking on social media. Right. They're very young. So right. by nature, they're going to be biased towards the people that they grew up watching. Right. Granted, I'm biased towards LeBron. I never right. saw a full Michael Jordan game in my life. Right. That wasn't a replay. Right. <laughs> you know? By the way, by the way, LeBron is pretty damn good. Like you, you could have that argument from now to the end of time. And LeBron's not done. No, he's not. He's probably going to win in the bubble. I mean, I'm not kind of. And by by the way, I I referenced like the mental toughness before. Yeah. People are talking about the bubble now. Oh, it's an asterisk, blah, blah, blah. I think it should be an an asterisk because it's more difficult. 100%. And people don't, all these guys, and you know, like they're creatures of habit. You have your season, you have your schedule, boom, boom, boom. This is going to be ridiculously difficult for these guys, you know? And it's all about the mental zoning in, getting in. And LeBron is not done. It's year 17. He's a, he's, it's crazy how good he is. I'm totally with you. I think it's way more impressive. But it's also anyone's game. Whereas in a normal playoffs, I would not say right. – you would never hear me saying the Memphis Grizzlies and Denver Nuggets. Like all these random right. teams have chances, but they all right. do. Right. And it's going to be interesting – because there's no travel. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, you have a, you know, you have a game, boom, it's 20 minutes back to the hotel. You're iced down, you're getting your therapy. They're not going to play back to backs, but there's no travel. You can get in a routine. So whatever team mentally can adapt to all of these changes, everyone's in the same boat, but it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, and I start thinking about like the most mentally tough guys, and I start like bouncing like LeBron, Jimmy Butler, like those yeah. are some of the names that pop in my head. Absolutely. What do you think is mental toughness for a player? Who who have you seen in, in you know your time around the NBA where you're like, I can tell that that guy has this, and and if you, you know what, there's about it. there's a common denominator. The the superstar guys have it, you know. You saw, you know, with that last dance with with MJ, the way he was focused, LeBron is like that. It's cool to me to see some of these uh, younger guys. I don't know him. I haven't seen him a lot. It seems like John Morant 
has that certain, besides his talent, I'm just talking about a little bit of edge. It is a little bit of cockiness, but that's what makes them who they are. You want to you wanna take the last shot. You know, that kind of belief in yourself. They put the time in. Uh, I think Kawhi is a sleeper like that uh, just because of his personality. He was like a little like Tim Duncan like mm-hmm. that, you know. So just look at their track record. Maybe you know, the re- from Tim. No, nah, the the results speak for themselves. You know, people have different personalities. I a lot of people didn't like Tim because he w- wasn't friendly with the media. But I loved him because I respected. He was consistent. You know, that was his personality. So I thought it w- I thought it was great. He just cared about hoops. You know. Yeah, I wanted to ask about Game Seven, the LeBron block. How I've seen the photo on your page. Right. How? You know what? It's just that we have, you know, for those big games, we have what we call remote cameras set up everywhere. And I was act. we get, when we're shooting, um, we use strobe. So it's not on a motor. So it's, I get one, one, it's literally the shutters at 250. The lights are at eight hundredth of a second. Like you get one shot at it. And I, I have him in the background, you know, ready for the block. Uh, I actually was, was a little pissed because if you, if you watch the replay, I've seen it a million times, Iguodala kind of bobbled the ball a little bit. Uh, if he didn't bobble it, LeBron still would have blocked it, but it would have been a better photo because he would have been a little outstretched and mm-hmm. LeBron just pinning it on the, you know, but you literally have one shot at it. Uh, that sequence of the block and then Kyrie's three was one of the craziest because Steph was all over him. I have that picture and you can't even see Kyrie. You see his hands and the ball just like that. And it was one of the craziest shots. It's game seven. It's not a preseason game, you know, and those moments, I I live for that stuff. It's so exciting. And not just any game seven in the NBA finals. It was LeBron's Cleveland title, which is, I I don't even know if there's an equivalent title in history as far as like importance for a player. Right. Um, No, he he put it, he put it all on the line. He could have stayed in Miami many more years. He wanted to go back home and then he, he won. It's like, you know, the whole down three, one thing is the whole nother, uh, adds another dimension to it. Uh, but those moments, like those moments we live for, I, I love every second of it. What's it like being courtside for those games? I mean, if you had to pay for the seats that you've, that you've been in every single game over right. all these years, you would have had to have been a billionaire. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm ve- like I said earlier, very fortunate to have been doing it a long time, uh, and I, I still love it. I get jazzed up. Uh, those seats in in Golden State were going for crazy money. Uh, a little like Silicon Valley, uh, San Fran money uh, yeah. being paid for those seats. Uh, I just love it, and it's hard because. You have to you have to be in the moment, but you can't you can't get distracted. You get one shot at it. You know you're aware of the clock. You're aware of the score. You're aware of if a team has a timeout left. All those more things. aware than J.R. Smith at times. Um, dude, I 
I couldn't believe it. I was like, what is he doing? And I thought I was wrong, you know, because I thought I had the wrong uh, score, you know? It was one of the craziest, uh, I think that LeBron let it, LeBron let it go because now he's on the, uh, the Lakers. Uh, but one, I love JR. he's such un- a good player. It's just one mistake. You know what? He made, he made a mistake, you know? And again, what people forget is he got that offensive rebound. Right. No, it was a crazy, it was a crazy board. You're right. Uh, but then just dribbling out, it was, I was like, what's going on? You know, no one, no one knew. And he just lost himself in the moment. It, it, it happens, you know, um, but it was crazy. That was game one. Right. So things take a, things take a turn. If they had stolen, I want to say that was game one. If that, if they had stolen that game, the the series takes a whole nother. Totally. Uh, LeBron hurt his hand after that because he punched the chalkboard in the locker room. He was pissed. Rightfully so. So it takes a, and then by the way, on these off days, they're answering the questions for that. It could have been, they steal game one and then the Warriors are answering, answering questions. Oh, first game, you gave up home court advantage. You know, the pendulum can swing very quickly from one game to the next. It's all momentum based, isn't it? Correct. Yep. Yeah, that's super interesting. How would you compare a LeBron finals to a Jordan finals in terms of like atmosphere? You know what the the difference now is, and and you you reference this earlier with with social media and coverage now, like the atmosphere even way back '80s Celtics Lakers, when you're in the arena was absolutely crazy. MJ Old Chicago Stadium, then United Center. When you're in that, totally crazy. But now you can feel it. It's crazy, not just in the arena. It's crazy everywhere. You know what I mean? Because the games are, a finals game is televised in 230 different countries. It's this, that, and the, like, so the buildup and the crescendo, you feel all of that uh, hype and excitement, just not physically there. You feel it everywhere. Um, so it's grown, it's grown like crazy. It's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. And it's now too, like, every because the nba platform is so big you have guys on the bench who have millions of followers on social media right. whereas right. i can't imagine that like as great as like the tony kukoches of the world were like and everybody knew who he was it's just, he, there wasn't that same relationship with fans correct and and the nba guys are such good guys and they engage the fans and that you know what it's cool because uh, even with all the stuff that, that's going on now, the NBA is at the forefront of putting their players out there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the guys are good guys. They're intelligent guys. They, they have, they have a common goal within the NBA, but they also have other uh, business interests going on. They're smart, savvy guys. Um, but it's different. 1986, I want to say the NBA finals was Philly Lakers and it was on tape delay. So crazy. Like after the 11 o'clock news at 11.30, the game was on. So there were people so, theoretically betting on a game that they couldn't even watch live. Yes. Um, now you're doing it, uh, depending on where you live, uh, you're, you're betting during the game on your, on your phone. That's a whole other thing. You or know? 
You're investing in sports cards of the players. Now you're talking, right? Talk to me about what you have behind you. The Shaq full sheet. What is that? You know what? Um, this is cool. Like I've, I, I got into, I was always into cards. And I have the old story of, you know, the Mickey Mantle card taped to my bedroom and you rip the tape off and half the tape comes oh off. God. It's not my mother or grandmother throwing the box out. It's me having the cards, taping them up, a guy getting traded. So I took the magic marker and wrote over the card that, you know, Willie Mays went to the Mets. Whoever thought Willie Mays would play for the Mets? You know, literally crazy. Uh, but then with NBA, this is, sh this is an uncut sheet, which I think is cool. Super uh, cool. It's Shaq, Shaq uh, rookie cards. Whoa. Uh, so they're all, they're all his rookie cards, and it's, it's an uncut sheet. Uh, and we did a, a little promotional thing, and he signed it for me. I don't have That's a lot cool. of, but it's just sort of, you know, very cool to me. You um, alluded to another story about Michael Jordan and the Olympics and a sneaker, but I didn't want you to tell it to me beforehand. I wanted to say it for the podcast. You know what? It's, it's crazy, you know, because of Last Dance, uh, all the Jordan memorabilia became like so hot. Um, and again, I never really thought of, you know, collecting per se. Mm -hmm. Um but my goofy, I have two goofy stories. The, the Jordan story, 92 dream team. My room was like three doors down from him. We had spent like four or five weeks together from training camp all the way through the Olympic. So the last day, everyone's like saying goodbye. It's like the last day of summer camp or something. Everybody's, and he had a, he had a pile of sneakers in his, so I walked by, there was a pile of shoes. Hey, Nat, you want one? I was like, no, I have no room. Like I had just literally gone shopping. I was newly married, had a baby at home, got the I love Barcelona cheesy heart $5 t-shirt. I had packed up my clothes, my cameras. And I was like, yeah, I don't have any room. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like I could have left my, my clothes there, my cat, I left my cameras there and came home with two MJ sneakers and that would be more valuable than any of the crap I brought home from Barcelona. Um, and it's just one, of, it's just kind of funny, you know? Um, but I never thought of, I never thought of it like that. Who knew, right? Hey, I think honestly, anyone who has those sneakers now would trade it for the relationship that you had with MJ. Well, you, you know, like we always, we, he was always good to all of us uh, at, uh, at NBA. Uh, but I never really, like I never, I started getting into cards uh, mainly because when I started taking the, my photos and then my photos were used on cards, you oh, know? So, so it was cool. like, oh, I, I want to think about I that. I want to have, yeah. So I want to have something that uh, to show my kids, you know, that, oh, that's, that's my picture. That's my picture of, of MJ or Shaq or whoever down over the years, you know. Do you uh, know who took the MJ rookie card photo? I do. Uh, it's another NBA photographer. His name was Noren Trotman. It was not mine. Um, and I have, hold on. I pulled some stuff out. I have. So, <laughs> but hold on. I didn't know until recently. This is, it's you a get a little reflect. Or what is it? Well, 
I don't, I have to get it checked because I didn't even know until recently there's a reprint. Yes. And supposedly very difficult almost to tell what's what. So how did you get it? Uh, I, I don't remember to be totally honest. Uh, I used to open up packs. I have like, you know, from back in the day before I got, you know, uh, boxes of things. I used to, I used to go to the store like everybody else and, and open up packs. Um, but th there's no way if you did that in the eighties, right? Cause the reprint didn't come out till the mid nineties and right. the 2000s. Right. So if you were doing that in the eighties, it's, it has to be real. I, I don't, what do you, what do you say? You don't want to uh, count the chickens before they hatch. I don't, I don't know. I, I have, thankfully it's been, it's been in the, you know, the case the entire time, whether it's a reprint or real, uh, that would be, uh, that would be pretty awesome for me. You know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. The, there was a LeBron one last week that sold at auction. 1.8. Like, I was like, what? Yeah. The Mike Trout card is up now, so you know? And the rookie card super um, Yeah. And I don't, I don't, because originally, like, I was collecting, like, this of, of LeBron and it wasn't even, I don't know if you can. a nice card. You know what? Because it, I was basing it on the photo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like we have back in the day, you know what I, I have, like this was cool because the skybox design and that's my picture of him. Like I would, I would. Oh, that's so cool. But, and like, this is upper deck is my, of it. I would get the base ah. on, on the photo, but not knowing like values or whatever the value or, or this series is different from that series and i'm not savvy enough to to know that i literally was just basing it on on the photo you know that's um, pretty incredible and it's it's like like i don't want to this is a mj like his first um championship so to me that's a crazy moment in NBA history, like him hugging the trophy, everyone's seen yeah. the picture. So this skybox, so how much is that? I have no, it, to me as a fan, that should be worth a lot of money. It's his first, he's hugging the trophy, it's his first championship 91, you know? Yeah, but it's all, it's all just based on condition and scarcity. Right. Very scarce, upper deck, Nathaniel Whoa. Butler, hard. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> uh, when Upper Deck first got the NBA license, they did a series on like the behind the scenes, like who the photos that go on the cards and stuff. And they made us a bunch of cards. So very rare because there's only a couple of those. Wow. That's super <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's, that's fun. You got to do a signed version. Yeah, right. Um, but it's fun. Like I'm a, I'm a fan. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, and like I said, that just started and grew out of, you know, things of, of my pictures being on the, whether it's Fleer, Tops, Upper Deck, Skybox was cool at the time, you know. Um, That's so cool that your photos are on cards. Right. Now, what are, what are, what is your favorite cards? What are your favorite? favorite? I, I like investing in like rookies that I think are going to be great. Like, because right. I used to predict um, the way that I started everything was through fantasy basketball. I used to blog about fantasy right. basketball. Yep. Like, 
14, 15. Yep. And then I just started talking about the NBA and put all the other stuff aside. Yep. And then getting back into cards last summer, I started looking at the guys who I'm like, I think Trey Young's going to be really good. I think, you know, this guy and that guy, they're all going to be really good. So I, I'm going to put some stuff and some thought behind these guys. I'm going to talk to them. So like, I'll have them on my podcast, right. you know, talk, talk with them, learn about their diet. Like practice. I'm the same thing as an agent. I'm just not paying yeah. the guy. Right. But that's cool. Like I, I, I saw the Kendrick Perkins that you had on yeah. uh, about his rookie. And that was like a crazy one of one. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't think I have um, any, any of the a lot of the signed or you know a couple I do have a couple of the jersey you know the little patches and stuff again because they're cool yeah um but I thought the perk one was was cool someone paid a lot of money for his uh one of one rookie crazy you know um but yeah I I am a big fan of like of thinking a player is underrated and then he goes on to do amazing things but also I love like some of the nice old graded stuff like Kobe rookies and right old LeBron stuff. And it's really incredible how the market has reacted to some of that stuff because, and I wish I had bought them, but I didn't LeBron, a LeBron Chrome rookie PSA temps is the highest grade. $1,000 last summer. Now you can't find one for under 13,000. It's crazy. And that's in one year. And I guess I would have a, I would have a hard time, like, getting rid of it. Of course. Like, we all could use more money. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, if you're, if you're starting out and, and doing it for fun and because you're a fan, like, the money is not really what motivates you, you know? 100%. And that's um, what's so great about the hobby. Right. Now, I have a question for you that maybe you can answer because oftentimes – and I have gotten screwed by it. Um, I have boxes that I didn't open, right? Because I you always just buy a box of you know whatever year it was. But then I don't even know who it was. We opened with with the boys during the during the pandemic, and they used to have those redemption cards, oh, but those yeah. are no longer Fire. valid. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I guess we should have opened that, you know. 10 years ago or something. What Um, product was it? You know, I want to say that particular one was Topps maybe. And then now Topps doesn't have like, oh, this card you could trade in for the number four pick and get whatever or get that. And you have a basically just a a redemption type card, you know? Yeah, so it was was a little older. My advice for all any, if you have any other sealed stuff, do not open it. (laughs) Gotcha. It's worth a hell of a lot more unopened. Okay. No, but those are, th- I, I actually got, I bought one this year because both, um, this is the P- Panini certified. Yes. Because the, the boy, again, my, my boys were, you know, Zion fans. So yep. you keep it sealed. Do you open it and hope that you get a crazy Zion so rookie card? Like With older stuff that's like really valuable, like if you had any, whatever, 1986 sealed box or 2003 sealed boxes or right. 2008 or 7 Kevin Durant rookie or like that kind of stuff, do not open that. Okay. It will continue to rise in value without right. opening it because people, the demand's just going to increase. Right. Newer stuff like that, it's fun to open it. It's right. not going to go up that much in the next 
five years for a product like that. If it was Prism or like National Treasures, I would say don't open it. But for something like that, it, it can gotcha. be really fun. And, you know, sometimes that's that's worth it as well because there right. is the fun and entertainment. No, we used to like, we used to, I used to get like these little packs yeah. that I would have put in the stockings at Christmas time for the kids. Yeah. And we would sit there and rip them. It's, it's fun, you know? Uh, and then, then in those days, and I don't know what the Bible is now. In those days, it was Beckett uh, magazine. Still Beckett. Yeah, it's it still, still Beckett. is. But okay, it's it's really eBay now. Um, gotcha. like eBay sold listings is how people right. see what like the market is. Whatever somebody's willing to pay, like anything, Make, makes sense. You could it could be up here, but until someone's paying, you look at a sold something. It's literally as crazy as Bull Bull. His rookie cards one week ago were like five dollars. Now they're 50. It's awesome. He played one scrimmage and kicked ass in one, one scrimmage against the Brooklyn Nets, who have yeah. nobody. My guys. <laughs> I know. I love the Nets too. And I hope Karis drops 50 a game, but, you know. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, and, and yeah, but it's cool to me to see the younger guys. Like, it's, a, it's cool that, it, that they're into it. You know, uh, everybody has a has a different uh, way of getting into it. But you were you were like we're at the end of the day we're all fans, you know. And I have like when I was a kid, it was Walt Frazier was my guy, Jerry Pete Maravich. I have a couple of Pete Maravich cards, nice. not because of money or anything. I would buy them in the store for fifty cents or in a box or something. It was fifty cents because I loved Pete Maravich, you know. Wow. Um, so that that's cool to me. I still like it. Yeah, I, there a lot of people are pushing vintage as an investment right now because basketball is you know much more socially relevant right now than baseball. Right. And the way that baseball vintage is, where you have cards like uh, I had a guest on my sports card show uh, who had a Honus Wagner, nineteen oh six, right, four million dollar card. You know, there one day will be a Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell in like 30, 40, 50 years. Right. That's worth what that is because the history of our league will be at the same point as the history of that league is now. Right. Um, yeah, that's remarkable. No, I, gr I grew up collecting, uh, like I said, baseball cards. Um, and then I, like it's, it's such fond memories. That. My parents bribed me on Sunday, if I was good and went to church and I was sat quietly on the way home from church, I would get a pack of cards with the gum in it and I would open it up and have cards. Like it's crazy story, but that's totally true story. Whatever a pack cost in those days, I don't even know, 25 cents, 50 cents, I have no idea. But I, if I was good in church, I would get a pack of cards on the way home, you know? That's the best. And you know, what's so funny too. It's like, there are a couple of things, but I feel, I just, and I've interacted with a lot of people on the subject, but anybody that was into sports cards is just like a nice person. It's something about it. I don't know what it is. Right. I've never thought about it like that before, but like every single person that is interested in, in that kind of a hobby. No, interesting. They're nice. Right. No, it's it. Cause like I said, now I, I genuinely get as, as my, my kids have gotten older, like I have great joy 
like from when they were young, opening them up at Christmas or whatever, to during the during the the quarantine times, we were going through like cleaning out the basement kind of stuff, looking at old, and it just the memories come come flooding back. I love it. Um, I wish I had more. <laughs> I wish I had more. But you're not in it for the money. Totally. You know, you really, you're really not. And that's why they are worth what they are because nobody was. Right. You know, right. it's all like if nobody's mom threw out their cards they wouldn't be worth anything right right or they didn't tape tape the willie mays to the to the wall and the man told him yeah <laughs> oh, well. oh well my my version of that is like pokemon cards okay i found all of my old pokemon and they were all in terrible condition right but if they um, were in great condition and i i'm like looking into that world too because it's super interesting right because uh, essentially, really quick in 15 seconds, the people, Pokemon launched in 1999. It's the biggest yep. entertainment brand of all time. $90 billion. Star Wars is number two, 40 billion in the last 40 years. Pokemon, kids that uh, collected Pokemon growing up are just about to enter their financial prime. So they're all going to be going back to get their right. nostalgia fix. And that's right. going to drive the prices up. So that's why I'm into Pokemon. But if the stuff that I found from my childhood was in great condition, oh my. Goodness. Right, we used to used to play with the card. Well, we talked about back in the day, flipping them, or or way back, yeah. you would put the cards in the spokes of your bicycle. What? That was the cool, like you know, the spokes of the wheel on your bike. You would have a card and put it in there, and as you rode, the the cards were in the spoke. Of the, that was you were cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Like you know, um, but my guys were into uh, into Pokemon. Hope, hopefully, we have. Uh, we have some of those lying around somewhere. Definitely look. Definitely look for that uh, one. But it's crazy. Like I read somewhere last week, there was like a, a was it a Mario Kart like video game that was still in the box that was worth a, a lot of money. I'm Our, sure. You know those ga- those got beat up. We we played it and we used them. You know. Uh, yeah. So it's it's fun. No, I'm sure. Is there? Uh, is there anything left that you want to see? Do you want to, like, if you could have anything happen in an NBA game that you're courtside taking photos of, like, do you want to see somebody score 100 again? Do you want to see, like, what, what do you, what gets you excited when you think about something happening? Do you want to see, like, a crazy underdog win? What do you want to see? You know, great question. Like, I've seen, I've seen so much over the years. Um, we can see a uh, a Nets title with KD and Kyrie parade mm-hmm. in Brooklyn would be kind of fun, right? Yeah, that would be fun. Um, like I said, I grew up an, a Knicks fan. I'm I'm now a little more of a uh, a Brooklyn fan just because I'm I'm tighter with uh, with those guys. But that would be uh, that would be pretty fun seeing LeBron make a run this year. Like certainly, the pieces are there. Mm. I think, I think with AD and I think Kuz is still a little bit of a sleeper. Like he's going to bust out a little bit. Uh, Clippers will make a little noise. Who knows? You know. Um, so yeah, I'm just sort of along for the along for the ride, and fortunate to be able to uh, to document things. I head down to the uh, to the Orlando bubble uh, when playoffs start. So I'm home. Wow. That's cool. Um, I'm home for another like ten days, two weeks ish, um, and it's I'm I'm anxious to get 
going. My wife was like, really? You're watching an NBA scrimmage on TV? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> come on, I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, you know, so that's going to be, uh, that's going to be fun for me. That's going to be super cool. Do you have to quarantine for like seven days before you can even? Yeah, there's, there's thankfully things appear to be going very well. Again, yeah. being associated with the NBA, like has been an honor all these years. Like they, they have top notch people across the board. If they're not top notch, they go search out the top notch people. And so far everything is going well with their, their different protocols and things. So yeah, we'll be a we'll be a part of that. We quarantine at home for a bit. Go to Orlando. You're locked down for, you know, seven days. Could be ten days. I think seven. There's a whole, you know, protocol that we follow. Um, Crazy. And hopefully it, that all continues. Who in the NBA today do you look at and you're like, people don't appreciate him for what he's worth. Like somebody who, in your opinion, is underrated in today's game. You know what? It's like, they're all, they're good. Like, I remember years ago, Scott Brooks, who is now the coach, mm-hmm. like, he was a 10th man, 12th man. I was at some some event and kids were talking shit to him, you know? And they were like, okay, here. He gives them the ball. We'll play to 11. He gives the kid the ball. The kid goes up for a shot. He strips the ball from from him, makes 11 in a row, hands him the ball. You know, guys that that see the WNBA player, oh, I, I'm better than so-and-so. You're out of your mind. These people are so good. These women in the W are so talented. There's so much talent. And it's just a little bit taken for granted because the superstars are up here. There's then these guys, the guys at the end of the bench, the guys in the G League are superstars from their high school or college or whatever you know superstars yeah you can't sleep on anyone and it's just i love those those stories of the guys you know working their way up for me like i said i'm a a nets fan i I saw spencer dimwitty in the g league for a couple years yeah give him props he worked you know he's a beast like his talent his confidence you're in the right situation with teammates coaches whatever you know uh, I saw Kyrie. Um, I live in Jersey. I saw Kyrie in high school, and I was like, "Oh, he's pretty good." I don't know if he'll live up to the hype. He put a lot of work in. It doesn't just happen overnight. When he was at Duke, he got hurt. Whatever. He put work in. He's still putting work. He has the sickest. I was a huge Iverson fan. Mm. You know, I love AI. Kyrie has the sickest handles I've ever seen. That th- doesn't just happen. You know, they put work in. All these guys. You see those pictures of LeBron working out. He's in year 17. It's crazy. They put time in. They, I, I'm, I'm happy for them. You put the work in and you get the results. Whether it's a guy like Spencer who was in G League with kicking around Chicago, Detroit G League, gets an opportunity with the, with the Nets. He's obviously a very cerebral, very smart guy. This is his opportunity. Boom. He takes advantage of You know, a guy like Kyrie who – got hurt. He's always small. He's a number one pick in the draft. He played nine or 10 games at Duke, but ever since then he's busting his ass. He, when he's healthy, like you can't stop him. Um, But him and him and KD, I'm so intrigued by to see them next year. Like as a fan, you know, uh, I want to see KD 
was out when he was on the war. He was out. He was hurt. He came back in the NBA finals. People have no idea prior to him then, then tearing his Achilles. That first quarter, he was unstoppable. He hadn't played in a month of yeah. the NBA final. The guy gets buckets. Like, that's, that's what he does, you know? So those, those storylines always intrigue. I want, I want the good stories, you know? Um, and that's going to be something that I'm going to be watching for a while. A hundred percent. Now, my last question here, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice, just getting started taking photos for the NBA, what, what piece of advice would that be? Um, collect sneakers when the guys throw them out. No. <laughs> oh. um, you know what? It's hard. I would probably, because I get, uh, I get pretty intense. You know, I think the first time I met you, was at a game, maybe yeah, Vic introduced it. us. And it's like, it's cool, but I'm focused on the game. I don't want people thinking like I'm standoffish, you know, but yeah. I can't really talk, I'm, I'm, I'm at work kind of thing, you know? So maybe for, for me over, over the broad spectrum of, uh, of the career is to uh, perhaps slow down and enjoy the moment a little more, you know? But we are, it's a very intense environment that we're in, you know, it's very competitive and it's also in, intense with you, you're, you're at work, other people are at the game having a beer, can talk, I can't really talk, but maybe after the game, when all said and done and the work is done, to, uh, to just enjoy the moment a little more. Uh, and that's probably an age thing too, as you get, as you get older, to just sort of soak it in and, and enjoy those moments a little more. Well, I love it, man. And I'm sure you're going to have a blast in Orlando too. That's good. That's one once in you a lifetime. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and like we said earlier, it's, I think it, the, the players uh, have been very receptive and it's, and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting once, you know, the, the, the scrimmages now are going on, they're getting so much attention, the games and playoffs, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome, uh, awesome time for uh, the next few weeks for sure. Totally. All right, everybody listening, you have to go follow at Natalie, N-A-T-L-Y photo on Instagram to see all of this man's incredible photos. My friend, thank you for coming on. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me and keep up the good work because I'm a, I'm a big fan and I, I love, uh, I love listening to your pod and following your stuff as well. So thank, thank you. you, man. All right, sweet. Without any further ado, I'll see you guys next time. Peace. You got it. Thanks. Awesome.